Y'all may be seated in heavenly places. Welcome to Walker Ministries. Ah, God, excellent scriptures. Excellent. Welcome to Walker Ministries, as I was saying. Well, we believe in one in Yeshua, Jew and Gentile. Um, this is a teaching ministry. Um, it's what, this is how you learn. All y'all go to school, they teach you. This is what we do here at Walker Ministries. We're a teaching Bible-based ministry, um, really just um, helping everyone to develop the spirit. Mel teaches a lot from the recreated human spirit aspect, and I teach from the Hebraic root aspect. So together, we're a complete Jew, Jew and Gentile. <laughs> Mazel tov. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. All right. Um, this is just great. And this it's a good thing. And like, like I said, uh, we're teaching ministry. So many things as Christians that we just don't know. And Tuesday, um, you know, we're on the, uh, you have the Gregorian calendar, which is, you know, April, May, June, July. And then you also have the Hebraic calendar, which we're, um, we, we, it's, a, it's a little bit different. It's like, I think we have 57, 83, something like that, I think, where we are. But we're in the, this is the month of Av. And... On the 9th of Av, which is Tuesday, which is the 5th in the Gregorian calendar, April, May, June, July, okay? These are significant days that we as Christians should know about. Y'all remember when the 10 spies went out? Y'all remember that? 10 spies went out? And, and well, probably 12 of them with Joshua and Caleb. Uh, we, this Bible stuff, right? Okay, y'all know these things. <laughs> and they went out to the, you know, to scope spy out the land. And it happened on the 9th of August, which would be Tuesday. And it came back, and um, the one said, we were like grasshoppers in the eyes. They was all afraid of the Nephilim in the land that day. And Caleb and Joshua came back and said that we can take this because God said it. We can take the land. Amen. Amen? Amen? That happened on the 9th of August. And as Christians, we should know other things. Uh, y'all heard of the Spanish Inquisition? Have y'all heard that? In school? Y'all, they don't teach y'all like that in school? History. It's history. Like history. Okay, How many people love history? God loves history. <laughs> it's his story. He's writing it. So on the 9th of August, uh, the Spanish Inquisition happened on Tuesday. This is when the Jews were expelled out of Spain. You're like, well, what does that mean to you? Okay. This is our history. Okay. 9th of August, I'm going to give you one more. Y'all know there was a first temple, right? They destroyed it. Second temple destroyed, 70 A.D. Well, both were destroyed on the 9th of August, Tuesday. A lot of things have happened on the 9th of August. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of history of our Hebraic roots that we should know certain days. Y'all know 4th of July? Oh, y'all know December 25th? Y'all know, y'all know all these things, but how come we don't know our history? If we're engrafted into these people, that's part of you. When you get engrafted into another nation, guess what? You can speak their language, too. You learn about their culture. You learn about their historic. You learn about events that happen. Why the West want everybody to know about us, and we don't want to know about them? This is part of our teaching ministry, the things that we should know. We should know when the temple was destroyed. We should know this. 
I can hear your brain slack up. I know, I know. Just don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Okay. My thing is, teacher Mayo, my thing is that when you become a citizen of the United States and you have to take a test to be naturalized, you have to take tests, you have to know, guess what you have to do to be a citizen of, you have to know their history. Backtrack. If we don't even, the people who live in their own okay. country, right? Don't know their own I understand history. that. This is my this is my point. This is my point. This is why we Jew and Gentile. <laughs> these are certain things that I believe. I believe that God is requiring us to know these things. That's why He's written it down that we know it. Yeah. Totally agree. This is why you have the Bible because there's some things in history, genealogy that we should know. Every word in there, it said every word and every dot, every tittle, everything represents God. How we can't pick and choose what we want. He is the whole canton of scripture. Every word, every the, every it has significance if it's written down in this book. And we should know that. Why? The temple, it tells you when it was destroyed in here. And we should know these type of things. Yes. My, my mic. mic. My mic? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I didn't think it was. All right. You didn't have it on. It says on. Yeah, it says on. That's why I kind of pulled it to the side and looked at it. So being yours on, Pastor, you can well, continue talking. I can continue to I talk. I would just like you know with what he's <laughs> asking is that. What's going on in your head? What's in thought, if anything? You know, you talk about history. They want to know this is significant yeah, to today's what subject. What's going on? You're like, well, this don't matter. He has a question. You know, kind of cloudy in my head. Nothing's really much is going on. Go ahead, Fee. It's not really a question. Hmm? But just knowing the importance of history, mm -hmm. I just think people have a question of why do we need to know their history? Because they have taken on. It actually starts fasting, yeah. It actually starts fasting on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's the day of fast, right. But we don't know. Exactly. That's good. So you've been studying as a student, which is good. Uh, it is important because God said he requires that which is past. In the book of Ecclesiastes, that which is now has already been. And God requires that which is past, which is the history. So if you want to know what's going to go, if you really want to know prophecy, what's going on forward, you have to start at the beginning. You have to go back to the past. This is why you have to do this so you'll know the season and the times that we're in. Well, what's going to happen? What's going on with the world? Well, go back to history. Yeah. It repeats itself. World War One, World War Two, now World War Three coming. All you got to do is go back. This is this is what he said, my people, y'all, because of lack of knowledge, you you're. You, you, you will be destroyed. You will be destroyed. And it's, look, knowledge of him. Not technology, but knowledge of him. He's, listen, 
I'm listening. It, this is this is so important, even I'm for <laughs> even for the teaching that she's going in, and is at some point we got to start pushing past these little mental blocks that we have. God is a he's a he's a big God, and what you are doing is keeping them in this one little compartment, and He wants you to know Him in every dimension, well, and to know Him. Is to know his past. He requires the past. Why is it written in here, 70 AD, when the temples were destroyed? Why is it in here? Why is that significant? Yes, ma'am? I just have a question. Because now, since we are the temple, it might, um, you might care to know what happened in the temple at this time since you are now the temple. Mm -hmm. So it could possibly explain what's going on in your life right That's now. That's right. He said she ain't. Feel like you struggling worse than before, or you coming up against something real hard, mm -hmm. spiritual. So you might want to take the time to know what happened in the temple, because now you are the temple. That's right. So Sorry, Patrick. Torn down, mm -hmm. the knife of all, you might want to be ready. You might want to be praying and fasting. Yeah. See, but as Christians, this is what this is what they don't teach you. And you're not informed. It is the pastor and the teacher job is to inform you. He said, I will give you a pastor that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So if he really wants, if he has us at this moment before we get into the teaching, he's trying to speak something to you so you'll understand. And I like what you said about that temple. I got you. And I like what you said. See, for us, it is the spiritual temple right here. But for the Orthodox Jew, they're building the third temple. See, it's the physical temple but for us it's the spiritual temple same thing the holy spirit dwells inside of us he doesn't dwell inside of the building you are that now amen this is what the uh orthodox orthodox or rabbinical jews don't understand so they're going on with their tradition mm -hmm. but you have a temple now holy spirit comes and lives inside of you okay we got it's twelve twenty-five. we're okay. already approaching that uh, I think Darius had something. Darius had something. Real quick. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's important also because when Jesus, even testified um, when he was talking to the Pharisees, mm -hmm. uh, and when they were questioning the Pharisees, were questioning Jesus, mm -hmm. well, why do you uh, do miracles on the Sabbath? He said, well, remember back in so-and-so, so-and-so's book, mm -hmm. um, David did this, that, and the third um, on the Sabbath and mm -hmm. all right. So he referred, Jesus referred back Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. It's very important. Very important. Because history repeats itself. That's right. And um, I just want to, before we really get in the, the message, it's just really ask, um, Peaches, we probably need that mic for a little bit. I need to really ask you, why did you come today? Just maybe three people. It's about three, who, who are willing about to. three people who feel free to really... You know, because we, some of us, some of us has grown up in church, and uh, it's just the right thing to do. Uh, it is. But why have you come to church today, Dave? Um, I came today because this is a new Sunday for me, but I believe that God is going to say something specifically that I need to hear. So that's why. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Because when you go a place, you're going for a reason, right? And you're going most likely to get mm -hmm. something or give something, to give or receive or to do both. Mm -hmm. Whether it's information, something tangible, or something that's non-tangible. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have, have it in mind what you're coming for, you're not going to get it. Yeah. If you're just coming out of routine, then you're going to miss what God really has for you. So I really want you to know why did you come today? Mom has one. Mom? Mm -hmm. I came because I know I need to be reminded of all the good things that mm. God has in store for Amen. Amen. We have done for us. Wow. And I also came for more teaching and learning, like mm. you all were talking about um, the temples and all yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I just got to get flat because on that, but that's beautiful. We, we soon forget. Amen. Amen. We, we, you said something. You said something great. It's to remember. And this is why, this is why Jesus said he left communion for us. He said, do this in remembrance that's of right. me. Because you're going to forget. And you're going to forget because of your situation, your circumstance, people, or a thing or place or event, you're going to forget. You're going to forget God. You're going to forget his goodness. Mm -hmm. You're going to forget the life that he's given you because of your own feelings and your own desires. And we need to be reminded how to worship like Pastor did. He, he actually demonstrated, I thought it was so beautiful, how you showed us how we are to worship. It's not about anybody else. No one in this world can give you life, and not even your parents. And they were part of bringing you into the world, but they weren't the original contact of initiating your birth. You, you existed before that. You existed before your physical being. So we need to be reminded that you didn't wake yourself up this morning. And we take life for granted because we're not in these places in Liberia where, you know, all the uh, disease is breaking out. Mm -hmm. Ebola is breaking out. All things that are fatal, situation, the weather, but we're fine. And God, he has no personal that is special to him. He loves all his creation. Yeah, he's no respecter of person, the Bible says. So why don't we worship? Why is it so hard to say, thank you, Jesus? Why is it so hard to raise our hands to someone who's greater than everything and anything that you will ever experience? You are his workmanship. He crafted you. Why don't we acknowledge him that's able to wipe away all pain? That causes you. Who can cause your mistakes to make you prosper? Who can do that? Mama and daddy can't do that for sure. <laughs> Who can make your enemies your footstool?
only Jesus. Who can raise the dead? Who can say that you're dead, but yet you live? Because you're living in and through me. Who can say that? Are you greater than God? Is this why we don't worship? Well, that's the statement that you make when you don't. Even our young children. I heard a word that I never thought a child would say at such a young age. Stressful. A 10-year-old. Who can, what is going on in a child's mind that they can come up with that word? The cares of life. The tormenting of the enemy. He comes to our children. In America, none of us knows what stress really is. You have young children at the age of five and six walking 20 and 30 miles just to try to find food and water. to clean and water. In America, we don't know what stress really is. Under not just that, but imminent death. Yes. Mines, all these type of things. We just go down to the refrigerator and ain't nothing there. Oh, mom and dad, we need some water. They don't have to walk 20 or 30 miles to, to find water. At seven. But our kids have just about everything at their hand and feet. And they won't praise God. Because something they didn't get or their way, whatever they wanted, didn't happen. Even you too have a reason to praise him. Was there one more person? I want to say why, Star. Why do, why, do we, why do we come to the gathering? Why do we come and we leave the same way we came? Not rejoicing, not feeling the joy of the Lord, still depressed, still angry, still in all these arguments with each other, still walking in bitterness and, 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 and just, you in a bad place. Why? why? But you say you know the most high God. He lives inside of you. Hmm. I, I want us to really get help. And this is the place to get the help. I want us to really get help. Amen. You have people going to a psychiatrist because of their mind. They're going to the doctor, the physical doctor, primary doctor, because of something physical going on in their body. And they still not heal. And the people who went to a psychiatrist is still not healed in their mind. Because there's one healer, and his name is Jesus. I came um, to the word in my stress and so my life and help church others. Amen. Amen. And we Excellent. get weak every time we get in a situation, a circumstance, a conversation. Just a person's words can tear you down can destroy you. And your whole image of who you are and who you thought you were, you don't see anymore because of something someone said. 
Words are very powerful. Amen. They frame you. They frame your existence. Think about what has been said to you today. Not only today, but in this past week. Or sometimes it's not even what's said, it's what's not said. What correspondence did you get in the mail that changed your whole disposition because of what you read? Words. Words. And I want to add to that, what words were spoken over you when you were a child that you still are carrying today? That you, just like your daddy, you will be no good? Or you can't learn, or you're stupid. I mean, words like this. Mm -hmm. I can't stand you. Why were you born? See, people, these are words that we carry on us. And those words have framed who you are today. Amen. Those words allow you to have good judgment and bad judgment. Because words, what was spoken over you. And then we don't understand words are so powerful that you can speak them generationally. They're going to always be like this. And guess what? They're always just like that, just like you said. Rocky, do you have something? Oh, no, I just wanted to say, like, why? Because it's just basically because of, like, with everything that's going on that we seem to be acting like we need to get caught in something up in it. Um, the other night was talking about everything that's going to happen and the end times and everything. And it's just, like, good to see everybody here Did you really go ahead and jump into our teaching? Um, did you do you have something? Okay. I just want to jump into our teaching, and the topic of our teaching today is being in the right mind. Mm. The topic of the teaching is being in the right mind. <laughs> really asking the Holy Spirit, I'm always asking what's going on with your people, not only the people that uh, come here to walk a ministry, but the people of God and the wo those who say that they are believers, what's really going on with the body of Christ? And it's all, it always takes us back to how we think. If you think, if you're working at um, a place of employment and you are not at the management level. And something about your life have dictated to you certain limitations. And you thinking, I want to be, I want to manage this place. I want to be able to manage this facility. But there's something within you have set a limitation that you will never be able to supervise or manage or even have your own business. Someone or something have set limitations on your life. And that's how you're living it out. It's either how we were raised, what our parents said to us or what they didn't say, or people around us, our coworkers, certain people who we consider to be friends. And what they said has now 
dictated to you your limitations, your boundaries, who you are. This is why we do certain things. This is why we dress certain ways. This is why we don't dress a certain way because we care about what people think about us. And this form an ideal thoughts in our mind and thus we live out our thoughts in our minds and ideals. And when it comes to the mind, I've been very concerned about the mind of God's people. Because we should have a mind, first of all, to serve him. First of all, we don't have a mind to serve. We don't have a mind to worship him. We don't have a mind really to praise him. Because our mind is worshiping something else as either worshiping our family. You can worship your family. You can worship your job. I have to get to a job. That's all I know because I have to provide for my family. So this is what consumes you. Work. Food. You can be consumed by food. You're worshiping something. You can be worshiping depression. Television. You are worshiping something or event or someone because God is not getting to worship. If he's not getting to worship, something, someone else, an event, a situation is getting to worship. It's getting his praise. You're praising something or someone else. So the mind of the people. How are we to have a healthy mind? I'm concerned about the body of Christ having a healthy mind. And the only way to have a healthy mind is, first of all, to be born again. So let's talk about the mind. The mind itself is comprised of elements of feelings. You perceive in your mind. You think in your mind. You have your will in your mind. And especially you reason in your mind. So the question is, what are your reasoning? What is your will? What are you willing yourself to do or not to do? How are you thinking? As Pastor said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So however you're thinking, in your heart, you're living that out. What's been in your heart? I want two people to share that with me. What have you been thinking in your heart? If you haven't been thinking nothing, you're neutral in life. So that could be why I'm not going forward or after. Yeah, you're just standing still because as a man thinking, you're not thinking in your brain. As a man thinking in his heart. So is he. So is he. This is why it's so real, even when in the word of God says, you don't have to act upon a sin. You can think it, conceive it in your heart. And it's real. And it's real. Um, two things I've been thinking uh, would be, one, I want to continue to do the right thing. Two, I'm your daughter. Okay. Yeah. All righty. And, and that's good for that truth, dude, because this is what's consuming you. The two, I, I, I want to get it right, and but I'm exhausted. I won't keep doing things right, but I'm exhausted. And we're going to deal with the senses a little later. But this is the mind. It's very hard to even explain the mind. Where is the mind? Where really is the mind? 
We don't really know you don't, and when I say you, I'm speaking in general. You don't even know yourself. You don't know yourself. Mm. Uh-oh, you're going to get them on that one. You don't know yourself. Another person, I'm come back and I'm, I'm going to follow up on that. Okay, so Fee has, you're going to tell me what you've been thinking in your heart. Right? Okay. You want? Being jumping. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Simply being obedient to God. To God. And living your new birth. That's good. Being obedient to God. That's wow. one of the characteristics of the new creation. New creation and fruits of the spirit as Being well. Even born again. This is what happens. When you're truly born again, you will obey. You will, you will have the will and desire to obey. Because at first, you didn't have the will nor the desire to obey God. When you were not saved, you didn't have the desire nor the will to obey. Now, when you're born again, you have the desire and the will to obey. Whether you do it or not, you still have the will to do it. And the subheading under that also is commitment. Wow. Because if you, go ahead. Because <laughs> I was just saying, you're committed to something. Throughout the day, from you wake up to the time you go to bed, you have been consistent and you've been committed to something. Yeah. Think about it. You've been, you've been consistent with it, too. What you spend the most time doing, that's what you love. You do. That's your passion. Mm -hmm. Or some people say, no, I'm just doing something a lot, but I work a lot, but I don't love it. Mm -hmm. Some could say that. Yep. And that would be true. Absolutely. The question is then, what do I do about my passion? I have a passion. And your first passion as a believer should be Christ. Your passion is Christ. You're born again now. Your passion. You shouldn't have to, you have a desire. When you're born again, you have a desire for him. When you were not born again, you didn't have a desire for him. The question is, are you truly now born again if you, don't, you can't find yourself worshiping him and praising him and thanking him because that is now your new birth desire. Did you have something? Yes. I was going to ask you, uh -huh. the second part of what you were saying, uh, what do you do? Because my job is not a passion. So what do you do with the passion that you talk about? What happens, I, and I believe this is for me because um, I like my job, but I don't love my job. I don't like it. And my perspective about work, the first thing you have to change is your perspective about work, is that first of all, I'm not required to love it or like it. It's called work. <laughs> Hence the word work. <laughs> Nothing about the word work seems to be fun or any type of enjoyment, right? 
It means, but so my perspective is this, is that when I go to work, I get a wage for that. I, this is what I get paid to do. That motivates them. That is my motivation for me to go. And that it helps pay for necessities in my life. And what my perspective now, when that has changed, is that my passion overrides the working part. My passion for Christ overrides everything that is not meaningful to me. Work is not meaningful to me. If I didn't have to work, I would prefer to do what I'm doing now, full time, forever. This is meaningful to me. Work is not meaningful, but it's needed at this time. So when you change your perspective about things, and you can, It'll change how you feel. It'll change your response to it. It's, it'll change how you are on time or not on time. It'll change about your production and how you work. That's the one I was going to And go. then you'll be promoted. See, I, when I change my perspective about work, and then when you get people who are rude and nasty you interact with while you're at work, again, I have to remind, it, remind myself, this is not personal. This is business. It's work, and I get a wage for it. So I don't respond with another negative response because you're not, I'm not taking you home with me. Like some of you do. See, what's happening is that you're taking work home with you. It's, this is where I come and this is where I leave it. I love the fact that when I get home and my husband knows that I'm, I'm tired and he's like, you know, babe, you just need to relax. You know, don't pick up the phone, you know. I'm get still trying to work while I'm not at work, but I do have a job that kind of requires that I kind of do that. I'm not typed out there from the eight to five or nine to five. So I still sometimes have to do those things to check and prepare my day before I get there. But what I've learned is that because I'm a really um, anal and organized and detailed go. person, I make my own job harder for myself. Even with writing something, and this is just a little OCD here, is that just on a sticky note, I'm writing something just to remind myself, and nobody else is going to see it but me. But then I realize it's not neat, and I ball it up and I have to write it again. <laughs> I feel that I have to write it again. That's an and, issue. And that is so I'm wasting time, but my whole thing about my note. job is that I, I have to feel like I need to uh, maximize my time because I do marketing as a lot of project management. So with that, I'm working against myself by wasting time. Nobody's going to see this but you, Mel. Just leave it up there. And so these are the things about our life you need to, need to reevaluate how you're working and stop working against yourself. Force yourself to go to bed at a certain time. My husband's now doing that with me. You have to shut down, and, and if not, you know, somebody else going to be there and going to do your job if you're not there. I told her, and this is, um, I'm, I'm serious, if we would just really operate in the fruits of the spirit, you know, temperance and patience, um, stop being so anxious, you know, when it comes to your job and your work. If, you, if you're on time and you're being proficient with your job, you, you're going to be okay. And you stay knowledgeable <coughs> about what you're doing, you're going to be okay. Um, the thing of it is, I was telling Mel, what she, and people too, you have to do this, you don't work 
and do all this stuff and let your body shut down. You shut it down. You have to say, enough's enough, stop. You know, your body's almost like a computer. If you do, if it's forced to shut down, get the blue screen. Come on, I'm gonna talk to y'all where y'all at. Yeah. You get the blue screen, I've seen it. right? When you get the blue screen, when it shuts itself down, you're gonna have issues when it tries to boot back up. Some things gonna be missing. Files gonna be missing, gonna be disarranged. It's some program not gonna work properly. Wow. So, see, we're just like computers. You're software, too. I told y'all that. Don't get into it. You had to come Fridays for that. <laughs> anyway, right. Your DNA and all of that. But anyway, so when you, you do a nice, you got a soft boot and a hard boot. You don't want to do that soft boot. You need to rest. That's my soft boot. Right. <laughs> okay. So then you put it down and you, you go ahead and do it. So what happens, y'all, when, when you don't do it yourself, same thing with the word. When you don't do it yourself, there, um, th things happen. They don't function right. But you stay in control of it, and you shut it down. So when you boot it back up after your little power nap, you're <laughs> going to be ready yep. to go and charge. Creativity mm -hmm. will flow yes. and everything. But you have to. you got 100 trillion billion neurons in your brain just mm -hmm. firing off mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. At some point, that software got to reboot, and yeah. you need to reboot it. If not, there's going to be a malfunction. That's right. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is important. This is important for you when you're working out. Your body is just like a machine. What you feed it and what you put in it, the word, and how it's going to manufacture, it's going to, it's going to, how it's going to function. Junk in? Junk out. Junk out. Yes, sir. Come on. I was going to get yeah, the mic. All right. And I'm talking about the word of God, y'all. Amen. You, you are spirit now, and your spirit feeds off of the, what? The word. Amen. Not a movie. Go ahead. I can change my perspective, mm -hmm. but I can't change my passions. And there's no way for me to override my passions with my perspective. And those, there are individuals who go to work, mm -hmm. and they're very happy and satisfied with their lives. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not happy nor satisfied with what I'm doing, how can I truly be happy and give my all for something if I have no passion behind it? Right. Oh, that was that's really good. That was so well really articulated. Good. I like, really I like. And it's real. That. What he's saying is yeah. so real. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, just one second. I'm a, I'm an artist. I, I'm a graphic designer. I'm a 3D modeler. I'm an animator. I love, I love doing what I do. It's a gift. I didn't go, I didn't go to school for it. I just can do it. It's just my gifting, and I'm passionate about my gifting. And in my gifting is how I prosper in my gifting because that's how, that's what I'm. That's my gifting. You know, when it comes in the natural, I can see it before it's there. I can see the building. I can see the whole room. Everything. It's my gifting. I'm passionate about my gifting. Okay. Now, that's my natural. I'm good at it. Don't have to try. I'm good at natural at it. <laughs> but when it comes to God, now, that, that, I used to be passionate about the gym. I used to be, <laughs> that was my thing. That was my temple. That's where I worship. But my, I changed, by being born again, changed my passion. By being born of the spirit of God, changed my passion. It, it went, see, my normal thing was my, my natural, see, my natural ability. My natural ability won't seeking God, won't studying his word, mm -hmm. won't praying, yeah. won't worshiping, won't doing any of those things. That was, that was my spiritual gifting that I, that I had to acquire because of my new nature now. When I was born again, it changed, listen, still got my natural ability, 
but it changed my perspective of who I was and that what I that I'm born again of my spiritualness now of who I really am. And before I'm thinking I'm my gift. I'm thinking what I can do naturally it's who I am. That's not who I am. Who and that's not why I was created. That was my profession. Okay? So I changed and I hope I'm following you keeping you where I am. When I was born again it changed my perspective of who I was mm -hmm. and what my purpose was. And my purpose was was not to sit here and design all of this. That's my purpose. Even though I can, it's in it's it's in my in my natural abilities, but my gifting as pastor was to go through all the trials that I went through. Being stabbed, being in car wrecks, forgiving people. See he used all those in my in my gifting now spiritually to come minister to you. See, so by being born again changed my passion from the natural to the supernatural. So what I'm getting from what you're saying is there's no way for me to actually know what I'm passionate about if I don't know who I am spiritually. Mm. That's, that's real that's, good. That's real good. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> because... Mm. You get into the mind. So oh, come on. Stand up. She got to stand, stand up now, y'all. Um, you get into to the mind now. Because when you're not born again, you're really, in a spiritual sense, insane. Mm. Good God. You're making me get ahead of myself. I don't go there. Um, yep. So when you're insane. Help them out. When you're insane, I don't, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said he won't know his purpose. When Come you're on. insane, you don't have balanced reasoning. When you're insane, there's no balance. You're in balance. Mm -hmm. You don't, you, your choices are, they're not clear. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're insane, you're, you're off on everything. When you're, but when you're sane and being born again, you, you have balance, you focus, you clear, you can make the right decisions. Um, I just give you a prime example of myself. When I was not born again, I, you know, you do the things, you work the job, go do what you do, and you just kind of, you know, going through life. A few things make you happy. You travel, you meet friends, you do things, events, Blah, blah, blah. But Get a raise. You know, it's all, yeah, promotion. I was getting a promotion every five years. Now, promotion, like $14,000 promotion. Okay. Uh, but then still, what's really going on? What, what's, you, you keep having this unfulfillment and, and need to some other type of satisfaction in your life. And you think it's through people or things or whatever, but it's always be something missing. And so, went to school got my undergrad, you know, then got my master's degree and, you know, getting a promotion, all these different things going on. But I still wasn't doing what God had called me to do. So I still didn't feel like I had passion. So I'm with you. But mm -hmm. you're kind of doing it, but you don't know that you're doing it. You're doing what God has called you to do because you, when you were born, it was always in you. And for me, I didn't realize it until it came to the fullness for me, a teacher. So I always had this thing with people getting it, and it made me mad or frustrated when they didn't get it. But that wasn't the right way to feel because I wasn't there yet. I wasn't 
I wasn't born again, but I was always in some kind of way, you know, teaching people, showing them how to do it. I want them to get it. But it was a it's in the frustration of your journey that you go. And see, we want to know everything right now. Mm -hmm. Can't handle it right now. You're not going to know it right now. Because <laughs> if you knew it right now, you'd mess it up. <laughs> Take it's still the yet a secret to you as to what God will have for you to, for you to do, for where you to live, for what school to go, for what degree. Because I started out in business management. And then someone, this is the word of God is so awesome because this young woman, and she was my former supervisor, she said, uh, why are you going to school for business management? She said, that's not you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, she said you're, more out, you're more just outgoing. You're more, you know, interpersonal with people. And I'm like, whatever. And so she didn't give me any direction, any idea of what to do. So I said, well, I thought about it. And that's what she did. And at the time, when I started to reflect on what I was doing in my, from my, my youth all the way up to that age, I realized I was always trying to, show people to get it. And then I would be frustrated when I was around people who just want to stay where they were at and they didn't want to advance. Um, it was just something that God had, had placed in me when it came to becoming a teacher. And so I changed my major to uh, um, a master in uh, communication and also a minor in marketing and also counseling, not realizing <laughs> that all that is really a part of ministry. Have to counsel. Yep. And marketing is another different thing. It's part of what you would do even in your ministry. That's outreach. And then communication. Mm -hmm. So did all that, but then there was other things that had to still happen for me to know what my passion was. So then while I was still in church, you know, in church, we were doing, you know, church business. But still, I wasn't in. I wasn't fulfilled. I, I still had a really deep hunger, and something was missing. And I need to be satisfied and filled in that area. Still didn't know. So 10 years at that ministry. And then realized, the pastor realized that there was something about her to where we're going to, he put me over his ministers to teach, teach. them. It started. So it started with that. And so I felt fulfilled then because I was doing what God called me to do. And that was my passion. But I was doing, I was in the journey of my passion the whole time. Doing it. But I had to deal with the supervisor who was mean, nasty. I went through things. I mean, I was walking and didn't have no car. I was working, working two jobs. You know, all that going on. And I was two minutes late. So I had to, she was fuzzing me out, writing me up two minutes late. Going through all this stuff not realizing what God really had for me to do. And I was trying to leave that place. Uh, right where you see me working, I tried to leave that place many times, applying a different position. But God told me, so I'm gonna elevate you right where you're standing. And so where Dina is sitting at the job, where you see her at the front desk, that's where I was standing. Mm -hmm. And what I learned and how I was promoted was not through any training that I received at that job. I, self-taught myself everything that my supervisor was doing. She was doing budgets. She was supervising people. I went over and I pulled out all her books. I self, Holy Spirit self-taught me. Same thing even with my career. 
So think about when it comes to your passion. You, you, you say, well, right now I'm not passionate. You're, you're doing it, but you're not aware that you're, you're actually in it. the midst of it right now. My God. And God's going to, see, but you got to get to men, men for thee and people for my life. And you've, you've already started that already now. Because I believe where what you're hearing now is opening up something in you to hear differently, to see differently. The way that you're seeing now, you're hearing now, you haven't seen or heard like this before. And God is he's, he's saying to you, I, I want you to know who you are. And if you're not born again, you don't know who you are. This is why your life is so frustrating. So frustrating. You don't know who you are because when you're born again, he gives you a new name that you don't know yet. So he already know who you are. You don't know. You have a new name that's written in the book of life, and it ain't, and it ain't Rod. He has a name specifically Amen. designed. And yeah. I think that's one of the mm. things I just cannot wait to mm. hear mm. from my Heavenly Father, the name that he calls me, who I really yes. am. Yes, yes. Y'all just got And here. just think about it. With, you got certain talents. And this is how you know, because this, this is what really validated for me that I've been called to be a teacher, is that you had certain gifts for the call. And for a teacher, there's discernment, for the call, and they, they, when, you, when you, you have a call in, in your life, or on your life, excuse me, on your life, what are those talents? You have some natural talents. You have some spiritual talents, you have some natural things that you're just naturally good at. And he's going to use what you're naturally good at, and he's going to enhance it with some spiritual gifts. Can I add a capital on that? Because that's mm -hmm. so good. And I, when I was giving y'all about my graphic designs, mm -hmm. you know, all the, everything you see here that's in Walker Ministry, I mm -hmm. design mm -hmm. in my natural mm -hmm. ability. Mm -hmm. He just used that for the ministry. And I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to just, but he knew. I, was, I got a newspaper clipping of me in the first grade. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I want, and I'm, and they asked what I want to be. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, first I said I want to be an astronaut. But not knowing well, spiritually sure what that really meant. Too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm an artist, and that's what they got me doing. A little picture, I bring it in, let y'all see. But in first grade, and I'm 50 years old right now, but first grade, and that's what I'm doing. What I was doing then, in first grade, yeah. is what I do. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that my gifting on my journey, yeah. uh, and like I said to uh, an NFL quarterback that won the Super Bowl, he didn't start quarterbacking two months before he mm -hmm. won the championship. Mm -hmm. They've been grooming him all his life for that. That's them. right. That's right. So as a pastor, you've been, he's been grooming all my life, dealt with unforgiveness with people. You're in this building because of for forgiveness, because mm -hmm. I forgave you. Mm -hmm. Touch the heart of somebody, touch another heart of another party, boom, you're here. See, he's been grooming that all the time. So on the journey, when he told Abraham to leave out from that place, he didn't know where he was going, but he told him to go on the journey. Mm -hmm is when he discovered everything. We don't want to take the journey. Yeah. yeah, you have to take the journey. You have to take the journey. On the mm -hmm. journey is you want to develop and discover, you know, the path and what God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. And listen, with the mistakes, too. You're going to learn. You're on, listen, you're in Christ. He said the steps of the good man are ordered if you're in Christ. So if you are here today, your steps have been ordered. God wants to speak to you, that you hear something that you didn't hear before. 
You gotta understand it's design. It's not by coincidence. It's by design. So listen to the teacher. Listen to what she's saying. He's gonna speak. Amen. <laughs> Felicia has something. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing you have to do is change their mindset yeah, that's the first uh, thing. or help change their mindset and their their perception. So uh, we're going to really get on the mind. So their perception, first of all, has to change. We have to help the person to change their perception of how they even see and perceive themselves mm -hmm. uh, because the world, other people have really defined that for them. So back to the mind. The mind is through our feelings and how you feel about yourself, how, how you're thinking, uh, and uh, especially, how do you reason about your life? We're talking about the mind. And getting back to insane, we talked about that. Uh, insane is in a state of mind that prevents normal perception. Mm. Insane is a state of mind that prevents normal perception, behavior, or social interaction. See, most of the time when they hear that word insane, they think a person is just not coherent mm -hmm. I mean just totally but it's in that judgment you know uh, and that's why when mm -hmm. you get on trial they, they plead insanity because they're mm -hmm. saying that they don't understand right from wrong yeah, couldn't Balance. perceive couldn't don't perceive. have no perception mm -hmm. your behavior everything is 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 uh, it's out of whack it's unbalanced uh, it's considered to be mentally ill uh, mentally disordered there's no order they don't know order um, unsound mind, the mind is never at peace. Mm. Unsound mind. Insane have a lot of noise in their mind. They have a lot of noise in their mind. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of voices in your mind. It's described as psychotic, mad, deranged, demented, unbalanced, mm. unstable, the word of God says, unstable, unbalanced mind. He says that that's unscaled. That he's, he can't do anything with that. It's an abomination. Unstable, disturbed. Often we can be insane. Mm. When we get really disturbed by something, can't think clear, can't focus, can't make right decisions because you are disturbed. This is how people are able to kill. They're di they become disturbed. Their perception of life is wrong. It prevents mm -hmm. something in the brain, prevents them from perceiving normally how to reason. They can't reason what's right and what's wrong. Not to kill. Think about it. Mm -hmm. This is really the state that you're in when you're not born again. I see this as an unbeliever, insane, not a believer, 
You should be balanced in your mind, sound in your mind. You should be able to reason what's good and what's bad. What's good for me, what's not good for me. You shouldn't be to where you have a lot, you know, different uh, events and uh, episodes in your life going on to where it disturbs you. You're going to have tests. You're going to have challenges in your life. That's a guarantee. But because you're born again, you have the greater one that's within you. You are now a overcomer. You can overcome your situation. There's no situation or circumstance that you cannot overcome. And you overcome them starting right here. And your mind with your thoughts. Your thoughts could lead you to hurt yourself or someone else. Physical or mental. You could say very hurting words to hurt someone. Thoughts. And when they enter that mind, are you able to organize and put them in the right perspective? So until you never be anything, you'll be just like your father. Mm-mm. You can do something with that thought. How do you respond to it? Put it in the right perspective, receive it in the right perspective, and put it in the right order. I'm born again. I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Amen. This does not apply to me. How you think about me, how you feel about me, it doesn't determine who I am. But the thing about it, that you have allowed other people to determine who you are. With their words. And you become, as a believer, you can still become what's considered insane. Um, hmm? But what happens to the person that, um, when you were saying um, that you're, you're insane until you're born again, and then when you become born again, you get this balance. So what happens to people who are like religious fanatics but still in the name of God? Mm. You're right, you're, yeah, you're not born again because God is God is love. Yeah, God gonna, is love. He's not going to tell you to kill nobody. Yeah, God is love. He he's, he's not irrational. He he's when we're born again, we we know how to reason. And you cannot be truly born again, and you're irrational. They were never born again. You could not you could not be born again. Except if you were born again and you walked away from God and you now denounce that he was ever your Lord and Savior. Now you've come to a place what's called now a reprobated mind. And he said that he turned them over to that. And again, that mind. So now you become insane. You because you don't know what is good or what's evil. Again, it comes with the reasoning. This is what this is why we have so much trouble in our lives because of how we reason your perception of life. The things that you do. Wrong wrong perception, you got wrong interpretation. Wrong perception, wrong interpretation. So if there's any imbalance in your life, you need to quickly bring it in balance. This is why he said, have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got to study, if you're not on the mind of Christ that we're doing, or Mm -hmm. we did, 
that we do that one already? No. Okay, we need to do that. So we, we're just going through a few definitions here before we actually get into the foundation teaching. Um, now we're talking about the mind, the mind, and we're talking about the insane mind. Now we're talking about the same mind. The recreated spirit, hey, when you're born again. Did someone have something? Okay, I'm sorry. He did. That's right. So if you're like insane, Right, again, because you don't know what's good and what's evil. Mm -hmm. So that person can just walk up and smack you. Like, <laughs> Why did you smack me? Well, I, you, you, you said I had on blue shoes and I have on black shoes. That doesn't make Thank sense. They, they can't reason. They can't reason. So you're in a place where your mind cannot perceive what's good and what is evil. And then you, you become, you continue to even go on a journey of doing more worse, doing worse things than you did before in that reprobated state. Yeah. It's like a, a serial killer. He's a killing machine, he will not stop. And they have no conscience or guilt when they do it. They can yeah. they kill you and go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and sit down and watch TV. They had no yeah. recollection. And yeah. I'm telling y'all that because yeah. they've done it. Yeah. I'm telling you because they've done it. Yeah. Why the person's still in the room? Yeah. That that mind is a, that is that that reprobate mind. And then it also I think you were saying about uh, that mind when it comes to social interaction. Mm-hmm. It's a very important thing that mm -hmm. people who cannot interact socially. Mm -hmm. You got a room full of people and that one over in the corner. There's a there's a there's a, a warning sign there. Hello, something's wrong here. Yeah, and something's wrong. Social interaction. Insane. You, you be around a lot of insane people. Did y'all know that? <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Think about. It. So anyway, to recreate spirit. <coughs> mm -hmm. Did someone else have something? Oh no, he's fine. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> my question is, um, when you were talking about the insane mind, is that kind of where we are? Perspective. Exactly. And and what's fun and what is danger? Yep. They can't even perceive See. what's fun, good fun, and what is really dangerous. So now they are pouring alcohol on themselves and setting themselves on fire. And setting themselves on fire. How and you know your mind got and they have crazy. all that on Facebook, the kids are doing and even some of the parents are right actually, there. you know, filming the kids. Yep. And they're a part of it, so it's just not the kids alone. It's so it some of the parents. So it seems natural. Y'all yeah. asking me this yeah. question. Does that seem natural? But What's wrong? But this is the world that we're this living in. This is the in. world that you're living in. Go on Facebook. You can see it right now. I mean, imagine that. Mel, um, old boss, used to work, um, or his son actually set himself, right, mm -hmm. uh, on fire. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this was before it, it got, mm -hmm. um, what? popular Isn't yeah that crazy exactly yeah i mean he's he's really um distorted but the reason he did it was what well, what well basically i mean the, he uh, was reared up in a very well-to-do family uh didn't want well anything um just got depressed again i'm not understanding these teens and young kids 
getting depressed. There ain't no bills. You have no bills. Where, where, where is your responsibility? Just have to get up and go to school, and right. somehow he was just depressed. He set himself on and fire. And they didn't even know that he was also a cutter, too, so he was cutting himself. And uh, I mean, everything was fine that day. He just, I mean, he went and got the big gasoline thing, and he totally soaked himself, and he set himself on fire. Um, so something had to tell you that your mind, you don't, you're not in your right mind to do something like that. So, and, but he turned it out to be a yeah. good, he turned out now he's an author, he's written quite a few books And now. been in a movie. In a movie as and well. Movie with this, with what, what's going on. But listen, y'all, I mean, think about that. When y'all watch that on Facebook, I mean, y'all sitting in here, would you do that? With young folks, because would you do that? Lemuel. It's just ridiculous. Why do you want to? I mean, don't y'all think something wrong upstairs? Don't y'all think something is to actually set? Listen, hold on. To actually set yourself on fire. What's next, y'all? Greg, Greg have something. Nothing that we're gonna jump right into. Yeah, we're gonna come back next week. Uh, at least our foundation scripture can't leave you without giving that. Yeah, everything is funny. Everything's funny. Everything that's dangerous and could be, you know, put you in a really crazy situation, it's funny now. It's funny. I mean, it's just hilarious. Uh, one more. So let's discuss now the recreated spirit. Now this is the one that's sane in the right mind. It means your reasoning faculties. Uh, you become renewed and brought back into harmony with your recreated human spirit. Otherwise, reasoning faculties are dependent upon your senses. Thus you live in an insane life. Again, uh, can we? <laughs> so the recreated spirit is your reasoning faculties that become renewed. How you think, your will. You now will have the will and desire to want to praise God. and You'll be brought back into harmony because at first you were out of balance. When you were not born again, you were out of balance. 
You shouldn't, now I'm being born again, you shouldn't be out of balance. Because you've been recreated. You are a new creation now. Define senses for you. That's any part of your faculties as your sight, your hearing, your smell, your touch, and uh, your taste. By which how we perceive and we react to stimuli. So actually, when you, um, you hear something, you respond because it stimulated something in you to respond. Something that was said or done to you. Talking about being in the right mind. We go to our foundation scripture here. We're in Romans 12, verse 1 through 2. This is our foundation scripture, dealing with being in the right mind. And it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you in view of all the mercy of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashion, after, and adapted to its external and superficial customs but be transformed, changed by the entire renewing of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may approve for yourselves what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in the sight for you. It says here, he's begging you to make a decisive dedication of your body he said, of your members, of your body, of your, of your faculties, of your senses. He said, make a dedication to present your body, your senses as well, a living sacrifice. How you see, make that a living sacrifice. What you smell, make that a living sacrifice. What you feel and touch, make that a living sacrifice and acceptable to God. He said, when you do this, this will allow you to make a good rational decisions in your life. He said, this will be an intelligent decision. Otherwise, all the decisions that you're making if you're not born again, they're not intelligent decisions. No matter how smart you think the decision was. Or how smart you think even the outcome of it looked. Go real quick and our and we're gonna come back next week, but I want to give you our scriptures before you leave. I want us to go to Ephesians four. verse 17 through 24, and this is the new life. This is really how you're supposed to be living. Ephesians 4, verse 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, and the fury of their minds. They are darkening their understanding, 
alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him and, and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness in holiness. So what are we saying here? He's saying that you're not supposed to be walking like you're not, or living like you're not saved. Your way shouldn't be the way of a sinner. He said they walk in darkness and they don't understand. They don't understand me. He said, but you do. You walk in the light. You have the light. You have me. I am the light. I have brought you elimination and understanding and wisdom when you receive me as your Lord and Savior. You shouldn't be walking in a place of not understanding who I am because you were taught of me, were you not? And being that you were taught of me, you should know me and you should worship me. He said that the Gentiles, their hearts are hardened. But our hearts are not supposed to be hardened against the word of God when we hear it. They practice everything that's not good. This is not supposed to be you. You're supposed to walk in the light. You're supposed to have put off your old self and your old manner of way of living. And you're supposed to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the spirit of your mind. In the spirit of your mind. Yes, they. What is the spirit of your mind? Because I mean, you read all the scriptures, but you yep. really don't know what it means. So, what is the spirit of your mind? Mm. You want to wait for next week? Take. I don't want to leave Dave out like that. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I was hoping that they would catch that when he said that. The spirit of your mind. First of all, you've been born again, correct? Correct. That's the first thing we have to settle. Before you can even understand about the spirit of your mind, you have to settle that you are born again. You have to settle that you have been born from above. You've been born of God. You've been born of the spirit and you're not of this world. If you can't conceive that you're not of this world, first of all, a validation of that would be that you don't live as mere heathens. Are you living, first of all, would be a question for you, are you living as a sinner? Are you living as the old man? 
Because if you're living as the old man, you won't be able to perceive what I'm going to say. You are a spirit. You're not your body. Your body is the university of your brain. This is what you have to get. That you are a spirit, Greg. Your spirit. You're not your body. Your body, you possess your body. You possess your body. But your body is not you. This is why you don't know you. This is why you don't know yourself. Because you're a spirit. You have come to know your body. But your body is the university of your brain. And your brain is dumb without your senses. Your brain learns nothing without your senses. Your senses allow you to experience life. Your senses tells your brain that this is cold, this is hot. Your senses does. Your brain don't tell your senses. So when, when the IQ test is done, it's not your brain you're so smart. Your senses have educated your brain. Your body is a university of your brain. This is what it gets to schooling. But what has not been schooled and educated is your spirit. This is why I don't have passion for my creator. Because my spirit has not been educated of what's spiritual. My body has been educating my brain about what's natural. And that has become my life. In my belief system, what's good, what feels good, what's not good. So the spirit of the mind is simply the spirit. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart and the spirit is considered sometimes to be as the same. As a man thinking in his heart, heart doesn't have a brain. So is he. But you, I live now by the spirit. Because I am a spirit. Now my heart has to be open so Holy Spirit can flow through my heart. And now his wisdom and intellect flows through me. We think people are really smart when they, um, an inventor, come up with something. They're so smart. <laughs> what happens is this, and I'm going to leave you guys with this, and it can happen for you too. 
is that what has happened when someone has in invented something is that their flesh went to sleep. So they are up all these hours and you know Einstein doing all, all these equations, you doing all these equations and light and all this, you doing all these equations. But why, why did you go all these days and nights and nights and why did just why didn't the information just come? Because it didn't come to him, right? How did it come to him? For light. How did that just come to him? When his flesh got tired, because you say they used to get tired, right? Your flesh get tired, it goes in the sleep zone. I'm talking about computer. Goes to sleep. But it's not. It's still on. But it's still on, but it's not, but it's sleep. It's not active. And what happened now was the spirit of man, even though he wasn't even saved, the spirit of man tapped into eternity. Because even those who are not saved and saved, they are a spirit. They steer a spirit. They're not born again, but the spirit released wisdom. The spirit of man did. This is why our minds is blown when someone do invent something. Oh, man, they're so smart. This is God's creation. It's that the spirit went sleep. So when either, either they were physically asleep or they were really tired and they sat down for a minute and then they had that aha moment. And the spirit of man prevailed. The spirit of man prevailed. That's why someone when they're praying and you're tired, that is the actual time you're praying. Uh -oh. The flesh has a mind. And which mind are you following? Which mind are you listening to? Who's asleep? <laughs> which part of you is asleep? The spirit has a mind. And the question is, which mind will you allow to be dominant in your life? There's nothing special about President Obama. Real There's nothing. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> His real name is Barry. Go ahead. <laughs> There's nothing special about anyone that you may have thought, oh, this person is so great, they're so smart, they did this, they did that. They can't even really tell you what they did. It wasn't even their schooling. It definitely wasn't their intellect because those who are not saved are insane. There's no balance. But what happens <laughs> is that they, their flesh gets tired. But they're working towards something. Anyone who works towards something relentlessly, you're going to achieve it. Bible says the hand of the diligent. Make us rich. We're just not diligent about the right things. What are you diligent about that no matter what? And that was... That was the thing or the driving force for me at my job. Because I was so frustrated, I wanted to quit. Frustrated. 
But the driving force for me was that I'm not even, even going to school, everything. And, and I said, I, I have to, I say it, I have to get an A out in this class. And for me, yep. uh, math is not my, my greatest strength. <laughs> and uh, taking uh, statistics and uh, algebra, all that stuff was not my greatest strength. But for me, while I had to do it, I wanted to always give my best. And Quran, just like, you know, whatever the people, the jobs and that, I always want to give my best, do everything wholeheartedly unto the Lord. Everything, because I am of the kingdom of the most high God. Everything I do have to be in excellence. I say, I have to get an A out of this class. I failed one test before I even knew what my grade was. I failed that test, and I looked at it, and I cried. I cried. And, you know, kids, you know, they fail all the time. It ain't no big deal. But for me, it was, it was a big deal because, you know, I, anything I put my hands to, I can't fail. I don't want to fail. It has to work because I put my hand on it. And the question is, what are you really putting your hands on? And I went to my instructor, and I said, what do I have to do to get an A out of this class? Because I have to get an A. He said, you have to get an A on every other test that you take. And I did. But relentlessly, I studied. I gave myself 100 problems every night to where I didn't have to even think about the problem because it became, it became automatic because I was practicing. Practice the word of God. Practice living righteous. Practice living righteous. And stop practicing both. It's almost like you... In the same season, I'm going out for basketball, and what's, you know, I'm not a sports person. What's in a, a different season? Football. Basketball and football at the same time. I mean, but I can only play one another season, so I need to perfect that practice. What are you practicing? What are you doing that you are so relentless that at no cost? You can stop. Doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Could just be an idol. This is what separates you from those who have achieved and you have not. It's simply that you stop trying. I said, David, I said, nothing's going to stop me besides death itself. When I do something, and I, do, I go hard, and that's why my husband has to tell me, he said, hey, stop, you got to relax. You, you need to rest. It's just, it's a, just a part of me. I, I have to do everything I do in excellence. It could be something so small, but I have to do it in excellence because I'm from a royal priesthood. And when you're from royalty, you don't act and look any kind of way, do you? But we're acting and looking any kind of way. There's a, a certain story. conduct when you, when you come from royalty. Certain places I don't go, and certain people I don't want to be seen with. Amen. I said like I meant that to them. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be the same with you. There's certain places that I will never be seen. And people, it's not, these peasants, no. 
but it's certain places that you're not gonna go. And it's, I'm serious, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm serious though, because you know, we, we, we uh, as believers, when people know that that's the life that you live in, and you start to act a certain way that's contrary to where you've come from, they don't believe that you're from royalty. You can't convince them. Because it starts here first. So how are you thinking? When you leave here today, and because we didn't even get halfway through um, being in the right mind. Being in the right mind. Your mind is your driving force. Where is it driving you to? I like to say, you, if you're not married, you're married to something. Mm -hmm. You're committed to something. Yeah. Some people are just committed mm -hmm. to, the, to doing nothing. Mm -hmm. They, they haven't even stepped out the boat. Right, yeah. They haven't even left out of the gate mm -hmm. to even find out what is my passion, what, right. what am I supposed mm -hmm. to be doing. They haven't even haven't done it. I'm just okay right here. I want to use, mm -hmm. uh, can I use, before we do it, I want to use uh, Dina. Dina's like, not me again. Mm -hmm. Dina uh, is, uh, she has a great voice. She's uh, been on the radio mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, she's doing, we did a recording this past Thursday, right? And she's doing a recording for the webpage. So instruct people how to operate through the webpage and everything. And she has a great voice. And all kind of things were happening, so she couldn't do it, but she ended up doing it anyway, amen? <laughs> right? Um, but what I'm saying is, she has a gift, and it's in her voice. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, wow, you didn't mm -hmm. know, you know, years ago you'd be mm -hmm. doing this, did you? Mm -hmm. And you still got to convince her she's doing it. <laughs> and I told her, I said, you're going to be the voice of Walker Ministry. When they hear what we're doing, because we're going to go on the radio and all kind of stuff, they're going to hear her voice. But she has no, you know, she didn't think, oh, it's just me. It's just Dina, <laughs> you know. But she's anointed to do what she does. We did this take, and it was she did it in one take. It's natural. <laughs> No. That had been male of me. We've still been here right here doing it. <laughs> but it was natural for her. Mm -hmm. yeah, she did radio and everything. And I'm just telling you. So she had to step out and I had to push her. Shepherd had to push her a little bit. Come on. You're going to do it. Because you're like, no, not me. <laughs> yes, you're going to do it. And you did it. And I'm just saying. But she had to get out there. She had to actually be pushed a little, nudged a little. Right? Some of us don't want to be nudged a little. But one thing that I think has turned around for her, she has been committed to coming to Walker Ministry. First she came, she stopped a little bit. Came, stopped a little bit. <laughs> then she started coming on a regular. I said, did, now. Then you had to put all that I out. Put it out there. She, she, she know I love her. Put all that out on her. I mean, but that was on. way back. That was way, Steve, that was way back. That was way I mean, back. No, I'm sorry. Way we'll back. edit that. We'll edit that. Way back. <laughs> but what I'm saying, my point of it is, is, when it, is her, she's been diligent. Amen. Right? Amen. She's been diligent. And do her due diligence, mm -hmm. guess what happened? Now that's what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And she's going to continue to do it mm -hmm. through her diligence. So the same thing. Uh, what, who knows what door this is going to open up? For her and her life. Not just for Walker Men's, but in her career. Amen. Just get out and do it. You gotta, everyone in here mm -hmm. has a call. Everyone in here, I'm talking about mm -hmm. from the oldest to the younger, has a call. Amen. And you can either sit on it 
or you can actually be in the call. You can actually be you can actually be doing what God has designed and created you to do. Or you can sit and just continue to do nothing. And that. But he created you with a purpose. And you, you got to find it. You got to discover it. You, you got the most creative force living inside of your heart. The most creative, the same thing that created the heavens and the stars is inside of you. You're supposed to be the most creative people. That's why we don't let rock into them write songs. You, you're creative. Holy Spirit in you, you sing prophetically. Sing what's in your heart. I don't know how to pray. Well, you got to get something in your heart. That was one thing my wife said. I want, I want. When I first got a Christian, I want to be able to pray. Couldn't pray nothing. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> she said, you can't pray, Rod, because there's nothing in your heart. You have to get something. Look, it's hard, just like that. She didn't cut around the corner. She said, you have to get something in your heart. When you get him in your heart, you'll be able to pray. Because you'll know you're not praying to you. I'm praying to him. Amen. That was the best thing that she ever told me. Get him in your heart. Are you guys excited about? <laughs> there you go, Gabby. Uh, she's just excited. <laughs> and you can practice your prayer on Tuesdays at 630 if you come out. I just want to know, are you excited about life? I'm excited about, I'm always excited about what God's going to do in and through me Amen. the very next day. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about, I don't know who I'm going to meet or uh, when it comes to the word of God, he says, I've given you men for thee and people for your life. You just got to get to the people and the men for thee. And that's my excitement every day is how he's going to work through me. I'm excited about that. I'm not always excited about my purpose. See, I guess when you, you kind of just live and you're not, you know, too in tune about your purpose and why you're here and what I'm supposed to do, you're just kind of going through life. Existing. But when you know that there's, um, let's say, um, for you, Dave, see you in your own office, see you manage a lot of people, see great promotion. See, then you own, then you run your own business. But see, we have limitations. I, got, I don't see that. I don't see that. So when we go to work, we don't have high expectations. I do. Because I know God, he's going to do something. I mean, it's going to blow my mind that concerns me and those attached to me. Amen. So we, see, but if you're not excited about life, Jackie you look so beautiful. You're excited about life. You, um, you kind of just, you know, come and go and do, and then you're so easily messed up by people and what they say to you, events and stuff going on around you. But I can't be moved. Mm. I can't be moved by people and situations. It can't get my, that type of time from me because I'm, I'm on a mission, and, and, and God has something great for you. Are you excited? Do you have any expectations for your life? Is what I want to know. <laughs> I'm excited because I can continue to bless people around me. So, Selena got another person, one of my dance moms, to do a website. Oh, good! Man for thee, people for your life. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. Man for thee, people for your life. Had a pusher though. And see, and this came from Fredlina just giving her time, first of all, to God for doing Walking Ministries website first. 
See, we looking at, oh, I didn't get paid for it. Yeah. Are they paying you? Folks saying that too. Are too. they paying you? <laughs> yeah, 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 they are paying they me. Are God paying. has given me life. And the kingdom. I'm, I'm, I get paid every day that I breathe. And you don't know. And this is the thing. I'm telling you, I would pray this every day. God, order my steps. Order my steps where I go, what I do. Amen. I said, and I pray that you uh, help me to cross the path of the man for thee and the people for my life to advance your kingdom. But, th but you have to have expectation of that for your life. What? Friendly, do you have any, any high expectation I for do, your life? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> that's just really for me because I was, I had, I mean, me and my husband were going back and forth. Mm. And no more questions. I think I was mm. telling you about mm. it. But I've noticed even in that where calamity sits mm. is where my greatest creativity comes. Amen. Amen. Uh, you learned the Amen. secret, huh? And watching um, the dog whisper yesterday and I saw yeah and I saw see I get stuff out of everything you know, pastor be saying why are you watching this why are you watching this I, I know why I'm just, I'll be getting some stuff out of everything I'm Hold watching on. now this is true because <laughs> <laughs> I put on the uh, I put on this um, the sci-fi channel and Psycho 2 was on and she was like that's exactly what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? You see that? That was what it's talking about. Some the guy was insane. insane. The guy was insane, man. Uh, on your dog was just a teacher. And obviously, she, you know, had an issue with her dog. Um, but she did something so beautiful, uh, even after her years of being a school teacher, is that the students, and they, these were students who were, um, who grew up in really, you know, those tough neighborhoods and, not really having the privilege to really a better education and things like that. What she did, she built a home that had to be big enough for, I, it seemed like it was at least 10 to 15 of those students who actually, they were helping her continue on bringing in other students and helping them get the better ways of life through education and training. And so they were, replicating what she had done for them, for the other students uh, that were coming. So she actually had a really huge home to where those students, they came in, they lived with her. Mm. I mean, who would dedicate their lives? That, I mean, that was her purpose. That's awesome. To dedicate her life to those students and those type of neighborhoods. Mm. But the thing about it, you see, but that was her passion too and her love in teaching. But you, we have to have a passion, even at a young age, I think um, I was talking to, who was I talking to, their, their daughter is going to go in the, what grade is Adriana going in? Eighth. Eighth grade. I was talking to someone, their daughter, either was going in eighth or ninth grade, and saying that you should be 
they should be looking at colleges now. Take them on the, the campus tour and for orientation. They need to be looking at the colleges. And what we do, we wait till our kids. Senior. You're senior. Man, you're supposed to be already assigned to a college already. And these different things that we really need to be really involved in. Certain, at certain ages, we see the giftings in our children. And this is just me when it comes to sports. If you're not good at it, I just don't know why I'm paying all this money for the uniforms and all the other different stuff for me to come out. I'm traveling, you're going out of town, and how you're not in the games or anything. I'm just saying. But versus that, this because God has given, just like um, Jordan, you, all, you see something very unique about this. Find what they're really good at and cultivate, cultivate it. Cultivate that. Cultivate that. I mean, Jordan, he always had his football with him. He slept with it. It's something about when you have a gifting and it's at a very, you'll see it at a very young age. And it's so amazing when you see that. So um, you guys are laughing at me, but I'm, I'm just saying, I don't believe in wasting no money or time. Do what you want with your time and your you money. Will. But for me and my house, we're not wasting no time, no money. Right. <laughs> See? Mm -hmm. You got a mic? Hold on a second. And while she's trying to get a story together, is I can use my daughter, uh, my granddaughter, Ani. From a very young age, she just have a passion for animals, bugs, bugs animals, and she and their species and, and their characteristics and where they live and their different categories. And I mean, she can just run it all off to you, and Everything. we have no clue what she's talking about. But obviously, you have the other pastor does because he's just a nerd. But um. <laughs> The thing about it is that you see it at a very early age. You don't have to work hard at it. So these are the things that you nurture, and if you want to spend any money on, that's what you invest mm -hmm. in. Right. Don't invest in, and then she has a good attitude about it. She's actually going to do a day at SPCA, SPCA with a little, little white coat on and everything. Vet training, and she's nine, right? She's only nine. But this is how you start at this age. You don't wait till they get to graduate high school and try to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. I think Dara's daughter has a good idea. I've talked to her. She knows. <laughs> but she's like, no, nope, Pastor, call me out. Very intelligent, very smart. She, she has a good idea smart. of what she uh, wants to do. Mm -hmm. At least she's thinking. And what grade are you in? She's going to seven. She's going to the seven. Yeah, I keep thinking she's in the seven. Amen. Carry herself very she's well. She's really Amen. smart. Amen. Awesome student. She's taking AP classes, awesome. right? Mm -hmm. She's taking AP classes. Mm -hmm. Mom, teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Look at that. Look at just all in the family. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Man. Ready to share? Nas National Volleyball, amen. Wow! Just stand up. She has potential. She has potential. I mean, the look, everything. Y'all yes, watch volleyball? She, she has potential. And she's yes. good at it. Amen. amen. Awesome. We'll see her in the Olympics one day. Amen. 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 Scholars, college scholarship. Everything. Right there. Scholars scholarship. Right there. That's all. And y'all know we're going to pray that down. Yeah. Being the Olympics. Hey, what's up? Hey, that's our time. Amen.
thank y'all for staying. Um, so we got something else? Oh, that's it? All right, then. Well, you went out again? No, I went out on purpose. Okay. <laughs> well, at this time, we're going to end our service, and uh, we'd like to, you know, pray right now if you want to intercede for somebody. Is there sickness in your body? Anything. You want to be saved in broken fellowship? You want to come back up? This is the time to do it. And then I'm going to do the benediction, and then you can go home and have a blessed, wonderful, awesome day. Also, next Sunday is communion. Woo! Yep, yep. All right. Next Sunday, we're taking communion. Um, it's going to be given by uh, Minister uh, Darius uh, this time. So come on out. Uh, all the men going to do communion. I'm just Woo! letting you know that. Every man going to do communion. Amen. Pastor don't have to do everything. My God. He said teach, train. That's what we're doing. Amen. So uh, it's going to be awesome. So if you'd like to come up for prayer right now, uh, if you don't, uh, pray for the people that are coming up. And um, 